Welcome to Dear Homeschool Mom. Dear Homeschool Mom is created for home-educating moms and maternal figures seeking support in their home-educating journey. I'm Sarah Williams, creator of Dear Homeschool Mom. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Homeschool Mom. I am very glad that you are here. Um, Today's topic is help me. I'm overwhelmed with my homeschool day. So um, just in case you don't know, Dear Homeschool Mom is a platform um, that I created myself a few years ago. And my goal is to help home educating moms. My podcast, my website, everything that I do um, is really about hard truth. There's some tough love, but it's always heartfelt support. So I am an educational consultant and former teacher turned homeschool mom who is passionate about education and supporting home educating moms. So one of the biggest parts of what I do is provide information to moms and I do that through an open letter Because I get so many moms contacting me about various homeschool related questions. And so today's episode is going to touch on ways in which homeschooling moms can help streamline their day. And that is going to be through concentrating on homeschool scheduling. And it's also going to concentrate on what can I do to work smarter and not harder within my homeschool environment. So here we go. Dear homeschool mom, feeling overwhelmed is a natural feeling when you are homeschooling. True story is that I get overwhelmed with my homeschooling and the fact that I was a teacher for many years had little bearing on the effectiveness of my homeschool. I had two children looking to me to supply them with something that I realized was not necessarily for me to be providing. They were different ages and grade levels with different interests and learning styles. They required different things from me and they wanted it instantaneously. I realized early on that there were a few things I needed to recognize, understand, and just accept about having some sense of quote-unquote control in my homeschool. So here we go. Number one, a schedule may not be the best thing for my family. Number two, a schedule may be the exact thing that my family needs. Number three, flexibility is key. Number four, listening to my children was key to helping make our homeschool work. After all, it was for them and not for me. Five, combining subjects and not being concerned about specific grade levels or what other folks were doing was going to be great for me. Um, Number six was that I cannot homeschool with other families. I tried that. Um, It's just not equitable sometimes. And so it's best that you be on the same page. But sometimes it's hard because whether it's scheduling or maybe 
you really are teaching the children when you have them and when the other family has them, maybe they're not teaching them because maybe that's just not their forte or whatever. So it can be a little bit tricky with that. So I just recognized that that was something that I could not do. Um, Number seven, being selective with what we did during our homeschool journey was important. And that is the importance of guarding our time. That became very obvious to me, but not after I had spent a crazy amount of time and money building a homeschool co-op from scratch while starting my homeschool. Note to self, hashtag crazy. Number eight, be mindful to crash the chatterboxes. Ignore that which does not serve you. Number nine, teaching children who are multi-aged is possible. An example of something I do with my children is give them the freedom to work on what they want to work on at their own pace and let me know when they need help. If I am with the other child, they can make a note of what they want to ask and wait for me to get to them. The other thing that I realized um, was that I can actually teach them the exact same thing at the exact same time. So for instance, yes, maybe math concepts may be different and maybe they are working on different math concepts, but things that we can do together as a family, like reading together, whether it's um, history books or science books or just anything, reading is always something you can do as a whole family. Um, And then of course, watching documentaries and talking about things, having these really great Socratic discussions is always great and on the table. So I think that there is some good news here to share. And the good news to share with you is that homeschool scheduling and being really organized and intentional can work. Some more good news is that if you are a homeschool mom who thrives on structure and has children who thrive on structured learning times, then this podcast may very well be of benefit to you. So, Scheduling can happen for you. Like most things in our lives, you will need to plan your schedule and give it time to work. Scheduling your homeschool can be as easy as you make it or desire to be. The trick is understanding that you do not need for your school to function like a traditional school, which is why I do not care for the word home, quote unquote, school, because anyone who has done it knows that it can be a vast contrast from a traditional brick and mortar school system. With that in mind, These are a few things to guide you with your homeschool scheduling. So the first is to think about being selective. You do not need to teach numerous concepts within a day, though you can still get through a number of subject areas within a week or even within a month. So a sample schedule, and I'll have this up on my website under um, our blog. It'll say sample schedule um, within the blog, which will be titled overwhelmed with my school day and so an example would be Monday you might just concentrate on math and history Tuesday geography grammar math Wednesday community classes outside of the home for a breather and of course for academic support library museums co-op Thursday spelling art history Friday health math grammar Now, here's a note. Reading and writing are interdisciplinary and ingrained within the entire learning process. If you would like to incorporate separate learning times for specific writing and reading instruction, 
then by all means, you do what you find is best for your children. The other point that I have heard many families share is that they do not conduct formal spelling lessons. These are programs that actually teach children spelling rules and things of that nature. Now, there are programs that we personally have used and friends have suggested, such as All About Spelling Logic of English, which has amazing spelling rules, 31 of those jokers to be exact, and formal grade level spelling workbooks have all found their way into our home. Another thing that you may consider is project-based learning to help you um, to get kind of organized and not so overwhelmed. Project-based learning is really cool. So you can just Google it and just tons of articles on project-based learning. But uh, homeschool families who embrace and practice project-based learning have found that um, there are really, really great benefits to it. Um, they've also found this method is helpful in helping address multiple content areas and provides leverage for children in the area of planning, reflecting, and presenting information. Project-based learning is so cool because I think that like all home education, um, it, sh it should do this and it does do this. It gives children voice and choice. Thematic units. There are many themes for each month of the year. And if you check out things that happen like this day in history, for instance, if you were to research that, you can find a theme for actually every single day of the year. Um, February is one of those popular months. I know when I was teaching kindergarten, it was like, oh, yay, President's Day, Dental Hygiene Month, Black History Month, Valentine's Day. Like it could go on and on for February, right? Well, for those of you who are not really into that, um, you can go that route or you can actually just go your own route and just come up with your own themes that your children are interested in or that your family has always wanted to study. And so there is no limit to how long these units can go. You could do a unit for an entire year if you wanted to. But again, it goes back to being intentional and planning, right? Like everything, just being very, very deliberate in what you do, taking the time to sit down, write it out, talk it out, and see what works best for you and your family. The next is self-directed education, this democratic school of thought. Children are leaders and decision makers. They are inquirers. They're these risk takers. They're communicators. They're principled. They're reflective. They're open-minded. They're balanced. They're caring and they're knowledgeable. And so then we also have this character building embedded in there. And so when you have this self-directed education, sometimes if you take a look at really what this philosophy embraces, it frees you up to be more of the questioner because again it's all about posing the right questions to help your children to become these planners these thinkers and when they're invested in the learning process and they have autonomy and again we go back to voice and choice you see that these topics and things that they learn when they are really self-diving into these areas are what will drive them as adults and even into higher educational learning opportunities and it will drive them and help them to be so much more successful in those areas. Creative freedom is something that abounds, of course, in homeschooling, at least it should, as far as I'm concerned, and just having fun with this planning piece. So being as creative as possible. Think of doing things that your children would 
most likely not be able to do anywhere else. Wearing costumes at home all day, writing family plays, performing these plays, pitching a family business to friends in the community. You are free to have as much fun as you like in planning and teaching. You and your children are learning together and it's so amazing because they teach us as much as we teach them and I just love how we just all learn together. And then I like to say relax. One thing that my homeschool mom friends often remind me of is that I'm only behind if I think I am behind. The reality is that homeschooling is so flexible that I can actually complete schoolwork in the evenings and the weekends, if you even want to call it work, and if you're giving your children work. Now, depending upon what you are doing in your homeschool, if you're like totally radically unschooling or if you are doing the self-directed education route, you know that you're not giving anything to anybody. So just kind of relax, even if that's something that you're trying and you're not used to it. Again, give yourself time to just kind of chill out. I just feel like sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. So by far, scheduling is one of those homeschooling subjects that families either love or hate. But no matter what you decide to do, it's awesome to just work with the rhythm of your family and do what comes naturally for you and your children. So guys, did this episode resonate with you? What do you do for scheduling? I would love to know. So tell me what has worked, what hasn't. Reach out to me. You can always reach me on social media at Dear Homeschool Mom or at DearHomeschoolMom.com. As always, embrace the process and celebrate the journey. Happy homeschooling. Best always, Sarah. Thanks for listening.